0: Hey, um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but this is the third weekend in August. (laughs) Everybody's like, and so. Do you know what happened two years ago on the third week of August? Shine Church started two years ago. This is, I, I didn't, with all of the things that were going on, I kind of totally lost that in the middle of the week this week. I was like, oh my gosh, this is our second anniversary. Or, so happy birthday, Shine, or happy anniversary, or whatever you call it. Here we are, two years. That's awesome, isn't it? Okay. I was super excited about it. (laughs) Hey, um, we are going to continue our series on the book of Ephesians. We actually only have two weeks after this weekend left, uh, and this has just been incredibly rich. I love the richness of the word of God, and the book of Ephesians has just been so incredible. Um, And so... I get to do verses 21 through 33 of chapter 5 today and that is commonly known as the section of scripture that speaks to marriage and so i just wanted to make a disclaimer right now i realize that we've got people all over Uh, the spectrum here today, we have married people. We have people who've never been married. uh, We have people that have been married and whether due to um, a death or to divorce, um, they no longer are married now. Um, And so here's what I have found in 25 years of ministry is that when you do a message on marriage, um, there's a certain group, a certain portion of the population that hears, oh, here we go, and they just turn it off. Don't turn it off. Um, I believe God has something for every single person listening. And even though the focus of the scripture is on marriage, I want to read to you verses uh, 30 and 31. It says this. um, And as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Now, how many of you know that everybody in this room and everybody online listening right now, you are the church. And this is an illustration. He's giving and he's writing an illustration of what it looks like for the church and God to be one together. You know, Jesus's prayer in uh, John 15, 16 and 17, read through that prayer right before he goes to the garden of Gethsemane, before he gives his life for us. His prayer is that we would have the understanding that he is one with the Father and that we are one with him. And he just continually prays, I hope that they will understand that they're one with me as I am one with you and I'm given the Holy Spirit so that they'll have that oneness and they'll understand the oneness that we have with the Father. And he goes on and he kind of says like, almost redundantly, he just goes over and over because he wants us to understand that we are one with him, the Father. Amen. And so when we read this scripture and we go over what husbands' roles are and what wives' roles are, um, get the picture. If you're not married right now, first off, maybe you can get something that you can use in the future, so get your notebook out and write some notes. Um, but the second thing is, uh, maybe take it beyond that and make it broad between you and your father. And the fact that we are one with him, you know, the example of God's love, I say this in the ceremonies that I officiate, you know, the examples of God's love in the Bible, he uses it over and over and over. It's a wedding. He talks about the oneness here. says we're gonna have a great day We're going to sit at a great banqueting table and likens it to a reception after a wedding where there's just celebration as two lives are joined together as one. And what an incredible celebration it will be when we stand before the Father and we begin to actually really have the veil removed and we really get to understand the oneness with Him, yes? It's going to be amazing. And so don't lose what God has for you as we go through this section of Scripture. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God. We thank you for the richness, for the depth that is found in your Word. And Lord, as we go into this, this section of Scripture where Paul writes about marriage in particular, God, I pray that you would help us to retain not only the good tools and the the purpose and plan and the perfect way that you put marriage together but god i pray that we would we would see it even broader than that and we would see it from the understanding that we are one with you and so lord i pray that you would speak through me right now god i i decrease i pray that i would decrease and you would increase in me so that your words would come out of my mouth and so lord we lift up this time to you and we ask that you would have your way change us change our hearts Change our spirit, change our mind, help us to grow a little bit closer to you, help us have a deeper understanding of who you are. As Paul prayed in the beginning of Ephesians, may you give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better. That's what we want, God, is we want to know you better. And if that's your prayer, just say amen. Amen. All right. We're going to start with chapter five, verse 21. Um, As we were talking about this, Pastor Rob Painter did an incredible job last week doing chapter five, one through 21. Um, And the fact that he pulled out of that, that there's three ways. We need three ways to walk. We need to walk in love. We need to walk as a child of God, and we not need to walk with wisdom. And then he finished his section with this verse that says, submit to one another out of reverence for christ and he said hey the way that that this all comes together is that if we submit to one another out of reverence for christ and i totally agree and in his biblical translation that's where 21 falls it falls at the end of 1 through 20 speaking about different things that and different ways that we walk but in my translations that i was looking at verse 21 starts the marriage section and so we got into a little discussion and a little argument about where does this fit? The great thing about the word of God is it can fit in both. Yes? I think it's a great way to end the whole conversation of how we're supposed to walk with one another and finishes by saying, submit to one another. But I also think it's a great segue and a great start to talking about marriage. And as a matter of fact, I would propose to you that we have to put this at the beginning of the marriage one, or we won't fully comprehend what God is trying to instruct wives and husbands in this thing called holy matrimony. And so, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I would say that this should go right at the beginning because here's, let me break the verse apart a little bit. Here's what it means, submit. Submit means to put yourself under. It means to actually say, you know what, I'm gonna humble myself, I'm gonna think more highly of you, and I'm gonna put myself under you. And here's what's interesting. Um, It's not just for marriage. If you do this in any relationship, it will go really well for you. How many of you know, and I know I've said this before, but humility is attractive, yes? We all understand when we see a humble person, we're just drawn to that person. I Man, they're so humble. I love being around them. I, they're just so encouraging. So They serve, they, just, they do, they put themselves under. And it's so, we understand that and we wanna have that in our life. But how many of you know it's hard to do? Okay, there's three of us. The rest of you all have pride. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's tough to put yourself under. And Paul is trying to get us to understand, and I was I would say this in regards to a marriage: if husband and wife both don't understand that we have to put ourselves under. I, here's what a good healthy marriage would look like: it's a competition of serving one another. Yes? When marriages get in trouble, it's when, no, I, how come you're not doing it my way? I, we'll get into that, okay. Uh, so we're supposed to put ourselves under. Now, it says to one another. And I'll look that up real quick. And uh, Pastor DJ, he's kind of our uh, grammatical um, pastor. We call him the grammar pastor. And so I, I, I came to the teaching team super excited on Tuesday because I looked it up and it, to one another, it's actually a reciprocal pronoun. Does anybody know what a reciprocal, reciprocal pronoun is? Anybody other than DJ? We should know this because this is what's in the word of God. It says submit to one another. And that one another is a reciprocal pronoun, which means this, that both parties involved have an equal part to play, but they're different. Does that make sense? And I tried to rack my brain for an example, and here's the only example I could come up with. If I were to say, hey, DJ, Cami, I want you guys to make a dinner for a small group of, of people from Shine Church, and here's what I would like you to do. Cammie, I would like you to cut up all the vegetables and get all the preps ready for the burgers, and DJ, I would like you to man the grill. That's a reciprocal pronoun. It's basically saying, hey, we're going for this one thing, but I need Cammie to you to do this role, and DJ, I need you to do this role. Now, does anybody take offense to the roles that I just gave DJ and Cammie? Anybody? And yet when we read this section of scripture, people take offense to what Paul wrote about marriage, yes? And so I want you to get the picture of this. God is not saying, hey, look, there's somebody that's above and somebody that's under. He's saying, hey, submit to one another in these reciprocal roles. I've got different things for the wife to do and I've got different things for the husband to do. And how many of you know that God knows what he's doing? Would you agree with that? Okay. If you didn't agree with that, I'm just starting to tell you, he does know what he's doing. So submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, now I'm gonna jump to the end. Ephesians 5.33. This is what it says. So again, I say, some translations say however. The Holman Christian translation actually says this. So to sum it up, The little phrase there, if you look it up in the Greek and and kind of expand it and look into the definition, it means this. It is put at the beginning of a sentence serving either to restrict or to unfold and expand what has preceded. So get the picture here. He's talking about marriage. He's talking about the wife role, the husband role. And then he says this. To sum it up, or so again I say, He's kind of summarizing everything that he just said in the roles in this next one sentence. And he says this, each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Would you guys all agree that God wired women and men differently? Is there any disagreement with that? We are completely different Men are trying to figure out women, and we will never do it. And women think they got men figured out, but you don't. (laughs) Yes? We are wired different. And so because we are wired different, here's something I want you to get a hold of. And I really feel this is a truth that maybe maybe is fresh, maybe something new that you can bring in. But because we're wired differently, we find our value in different ways. Women are valued in different ways than men are. Men find value in different ways than women. And God wrote it right here, how we get those values, how we feel valued. I would submit this. Wives feel valued when they are loved. It's right here. Husbands, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, So help me out, ladies. Darren's got the microphone, I think, or DJ's got the microphone. Help me out here. Um, We do a little interactive teaching from time to time, so help me out. Ladies, um, think about a way that you have felt loved in the past. I know for my wife, um, at least I think so, you can disagree with me, honey, if you want, but I think she feels loved when she feels like I'm taking the time to listen to her and that I'm actually caring about what she's saying and I'm not distracted by other things, but that I take the time to actually hear what she's saying and actually try to understand her. I think when I do that, I think she feels that that love. Would you agree? Okay, what other, other ladies, other ways that you feel loved? Right here. Well, my primary love language is acts of service. So when Scott takes something off my plate um, and really helps me out, that, that makes me feel really loved. Okay, acts of service. So when he does something for you, that makes you feel loved. That, that's awesome. Taylor? Um, with acts of, uh, with love languages. When the man is able to understand his wife's love language and be able to be intentional to her, whether that's quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, but being able to have that understanding of, this is her love language, and I'm gonna be intentional about... Love that. So figuring out what that love language is, and then honoring her with loving that way. If you don't know the book, I would strongly encourage you to read it, but it talks about five different love languages, and you love the way that you receive love. But what she's saying is, hey, don't love the way that you receive it, husband, Love the way that she receives, it. find out how she receives love and give her that love that way. Um, one more. Any, any other lady that wants to share, way over here, DJ, we're putting, getting, getting your steps in today. <laughs> so I agree with all of that. My love language is gift giving, but that can take different forms. So when Andy knows I've had a bad day, he kicks me out of the kitchen after, I mean, he'll cook dinner. And then he kicks me out of the kitchen and he says, I'm doing dishes, you go relax. Or we're watching a movie and he knows I have a stiff neck or maybe even not, but he gives me the gift of a massage while we're watching a movie. Mm. Or he's out doing doing his jobs and he's doing a backflow at um, a place that sells goat um, soap and different things. And, and he says, okay, I thought of you. I brought this gift home for you. I think you're really going to like it. So it takes different forms, but that makes me feel so special. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Andy, you're doing a good job, it sounds like. I mean, I asked, I asked for one, and I got a whole series of stuff. Well, if you, husbands, you need help? Go see Andy after the service. He will gladly help you out, okay? All right, so I, I, I think that you ladies would agree. It's, it's hard for me to teach this, because I'm obviously not a, a woman, but I, I think that I'm safe to say that the way that you feel valued is when you feel loved. Okay, a man feels value. Now get, now understand this. We, we like love, don't get that wrong. We like to be loved, but that's not what we value and that's not what motivates us. In the way that you become a better person as a woman when you feel loved, a man becomes a better person when he is respected. When your, um, With anybody, and it's not just in a husband-wife relationship. This goes in the world today. If you want somebody, if you want to win somebody over, give them some respect. Tell a man about something that he did that you were like, man, that was amazing. How did you do that? And a man will be like, really? You want to know? Really? And he he will abandon everything he's doing to tell you why or how he did that. Yes or no? And so, guys, I'm going to ask you in just a minute. How do you feel respected? I know for me, personally, I feel respected when my wife will just say something like, oh my gosh, the way that you did that was just absolutely amazing. How you talked with our son when he asked that question and how you said it with such grace. It doesn't happen very often when she can say this, but when (laughs) (laughs) when she says that, and man, there's just something about that that makes me go, yeah, amen. Yes? Yes? Okay, so guys, help me out. What's what's a way or two that you have had an experience with that made you feel respected, whether either from your spouse or even just a coworker or a friend? Right So it kind of goes back to like what Liam was saying when the access service, like when I've accomplished something, just her acknowledging that makes me feel like, you know, I've really done a good job. Like the words, the praise. So. Yep. Yeah, feel good. And it could be as simple as taking the trash out. Ladies, I want you to hear that. Your man grabs the trash, takes it out. If he comes in and you're like, man, the way you did that without anybody asking you, oh my gosh. And you will be like, yeah? And he will take the trash out for the rest of his life. I'm telling you, it's just amazing. Somebody else. Another guy. Yes. So my husband has an opportunity to do some leadership coaching coming up on Monday and just to see the preparation that he's put into it has mm-hmm. made me very proud of him. And so I told him that I was very proud of him and that being proud of him actually made me more attract attracted to him. And he's like, yeah, it does. So, yeah, so- He got, he got really pumped up about me just telling him yeah. that I was proud of him yeah. and that my being proud of him then made me more attractive to, uh, or attracted to him as well. Yeah. I, the the older I get, the more I'm realizing that when Kim treats me like a little kid, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, yeah, I know, I love it. I, there's, I, I know we can be manly men, but man, there's just something about it that just melts our heart when we are shown. Words of respect, when somebody looks at you respect, you just feel that, you send, that motivates a man, that brings the value to him. Now here's something that's really interesting and last night didn't get to hear this uh, because we went, Kim and I went out with a couple last night and I don't know if you remember several years ago, there was a book that came out um, that was The Love Dare. Do you remember The Love Dare? and so this wife said i'm going to do the love there for my husband now things were good in their marriage but she was just like i want it to be better and so it's 40 days and each day you do this different act of love and she said that she started doing this and she got about 15 to 20 days into it and she became incredibly frustrated because every act of love that she was doing for him he didn't even recognize And was like, I don't know why she's even doing that. And she she, just, it just didn't compute. And she got with a friend and her friend said, it's because men are not valued through love. They're valued through respect. And I didn't even know this, but there is actually a book out there called The Respect Dare. And when she started to do those things, her husband started lighting up. Man, doesn't that make sense? She's telling me this and I began to realize that uh, I just recently had a little frustration with my wife the other day. And, and it's just even as simple as this. The other night she got up out of bed to go downstairs to make sure the garage door was shut. And she came up and I was like, I shut that. And why did you go check that? And she's like, I just wanted to make sure I just, the Alyssa's up and she, she might've opened it and not shut it. And you know, she doesn't always shut it. And, 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 and so I was just irritated by that. And last night I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you were irritated because you felt like that was a show, sign of disrespect. Like that's your role and she just stepped into it and took it away from you. It's simple things like that, that can actually either give or take away respect. And here's what's interesting about these two things, guys, is that when you enter into marriage, not a single one of, not the love, not the respect, neither one of these is earned. It's what you are promising when you enter into marriage. So wives, when you entered into marriage, Whether you understood this or not, what you entered into is saying, I will do everything I can to respect my husband. And husbands, you entered into, I will do everything I can to love my wife, whether they are deserved of it or not. It's your deal. It's part of your covenant that you entered into. So get a hold of that. Now, understanding that, I want to read now the um, reciprocal pronouns of marriage, where he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, and then he says this, for wives, okay, the NLT, I love that translation, for wives. So submit to one another out of reverence for Christ for the wife. And a little bit later, it says, for the husband. So I believe that Paul is clearly saying, hey, this is an equal partnership that you're supposed to submit to with one another. For wives, it looks like this. And for husbands, it looks like this. As a matter of fact, in verse 22, if you look it up in the Greek, you will not find the word submit. So it flows like this. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wife to the husband. That's how it actually is written in the Greek. A lot of the translations put the submit because grammar, grammar, grammically, grammically? DJ, help me out here. It, grammatically, thank you. In order to have a good sentence, you have to have the verb in there, yes? I'm learning from DJ, I'm totally learning here. Um, and so if you actually put it in as the Greek has it written, there won't be a verb there and the only reason is because it ties to the first sentence. Submit to one another out of reverence. Christ. Wives to your husband or NLT says this, for husbands, or for wives, um, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands. I want you to get that. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands. Real quick, help me out. Again, we got the microphone. What does it mean, and this can be male or female answer to this question, what does it mean to submit your life to the Lord? Remember, he's talking about the oneness of the body of Christ and us with God. What does it look like for you in your walk with God to be submitted to God? What does that look like? Trust? You're trusting him? Okay, love that. Right here i think it's just to give him glory give him glory okay give him glory. absolutely what are other things that you do in you're walking talking right here dj in your walking talking relationship with the lord what are other things that you do um communication is a big part of it we pray to god we ask him for advice we we seek him and his understanding so, as a, as a woman, you need to be able to seek your husband and um, recognize his advice and recognize his leadership. Okay. Um, You're jumping ahead on me. Sorry. Yeah, I like that. Okay, that's good. But keeping it with, focused with God. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's communicating, it's communicating. sharing with it. Yeah. What else comes to mind? In your walking, talking relationship with God, what else? those of you that are familiar with the game of chess uh, you'll get this more than maybe the others but uh, to be a pawn in the Lord's hands for me is a good word picture of lordship and it's the most defenseless piece on the board but with some backup it can be very uh, powerful can even check the opponent or checkmate the opponent but I just want to be the Lord's pawn and for me that's what it looks like that's interesting I've never heard that that's good of that Listen, for me, um, my relationship with God is more than just uh, an obedience thing to him. I know he has a purpose and plan for my life and I wanna follow that, but uh, my relationship, and I hope it is this way with you too, my relationship with Jesus is a walking, talking one. And what I mean by that is this, when I am happy, man, I am telling him, God, thank you so much. We just sang today, thank you, Lord. And there was, I was standing in the back and just like, thank God we can meet today. Thank God we can be here together with one another. Thank God we're not um, just, even in the midst of the whole COVID-19 thing, we still still are, are free compared to other places, and I'm just thanking God, and so I'm just telling him, God, I'm so thankful for where I'm at, and, and instead of me looking at the, the, all the negative stuff, God, help me to keep focusing on the positive stuff, and I'm just thankful. When I'm angry, when I'm upset, when I'm going through a trial, man, I go to him, I hope you do too, and I, God, help me with this, help me with this issue, help me with what's going on. My relationship with God is, is giving everything that I am to him, yes? At least that's what it should be. If you think your relationship with God is just merely obedience, then I, I want you to keep coming back to church. Because what I wanna tell you is that it's not just the simple obedience to God, it's about living our life with somebody that loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you so you could have relationships, so you could have the Holy Spirit, so you could understand what he is doing. It says that the Holy Spirit was given us to tell us what is to come because he wants to instruct us, lead us, take us. He wants us to have relationship with him. That's the example that you wives are given in regards to your relationship with your husband. But here's the problem. We have a head issue. 1 Corinthians eleven three three says this, but I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ. Does anybody have any issues with that? Okay, I'm gonna to skip to the end of the verse. And the head of Christ is God. Does anybody have any issues with God being the head of Christ? Do you think Jesus has any issues with that? Okay, Um, let's go to the middle. And the head of the woman is man. Any ladies have issues with this? (laughs) I'm not going to ask for your hands to come up right now. But here's the problem. Um, I was asking God, God, why, why do we have this problem? We don't have any issue with Christ being the head of man. I don't think a single man would go, oh, man, I'm irritated that Christ is my head. We don't have any issues with that. We don't have any issues with Father being the head of Christ. Even Jesus himself said, not my will, but yours be done, Father. But the problem is that the man in this situation where it says the head of the wife or the woman is man, the problem is the man in this picture is the only one out of the three, Christ, God, man. Man is the one that is fallible, yes? He can make mistakes. And not only can he make mistakes, but in that mistake attitude, man has taught, Look what the word says. Woman, you are to submit to me. I'm your head. And then they flip to Genesis 3, where it says in the curse to the woman Great pains in childbearing you will have. You will long for your husband, and he will rule over you. See, I'm your head. I'm supposed to rule over you. And we teach that perspective. And unfortunately, that has happened more often than I would like to admit. And I would submit to you that I don't think that that is what God was trying to communicate to us in this section of scripture. I told the teaching team, I wish there was a woman's version of the Bible and a man's version of the Bible. And the man never got to read the woman's version and the woman never got to read the man's version because what do we do in our human nature is we like to tell what you're supposed to do. And so as a man, I like to tell Kim, this is how you're supposed to be. And as a woman, she likes to come to me and says, okay, fine, well then why aren't you doing it that way? And there's just this pressure that goes on with this when it's taught incorrectly. And I just want to submit to you, ladies, if your man just pursued God with all of his heart, and and I'm gonna get to him in just a second, and if he would love you the way that the word of God is telling him to love you, I think it would be super easy to realize that God has put... Christ over him, him over you, and God over Christ to put it all together. Now, here's what's interesting. I want you to, I'm going to read it one more time, and this time, I want you to listen to it through the understanding that a man receives value and becomes the best thing that he can be when he receives respect. Listen to this. Wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord, for a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ in everything, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Can you sense the respect that is being given here? It's written through, as a matter of fact, he concludes, I want you to get this. It's through that respect Understand that if you will do this, there is something in your man that will rise up and he will become the best that he can be, with Christ being his head, if you will show this respect to him. Because that's what he values and that's what motivates him. And so don't get caught up on the whole head issue. And I understand that a man is flawed and here's here's what I believe that God is asking you, you wives to do and then I'll move on to the men. I believe he's saying this. Women, will you go against your very nature, will you go against your very nature in order to give your heart to your husband? Now, what is a woman's nature? I believe a woman's nature, and I don't have time to go into all of this, but a woman was created from the ribs of a man, and what do ribs do? They protect. Ribs protect our vital organs. I believe that God, on purpose, took the rib of a man, gave it to a woman, and put in a woman the nature to protect. As a matter of fact, in a family unit, we call mom, mama bear. Why? Because she's a protector, and she's going to protect her family. The number one thing that you ladies are going to protect, though, is your heart. And what God is saying here is wife. Will you go against your nature to keep your heart guarded? And will you open it up to your husband in the same way that the body of Christ opens up to God? Will you give him everything that makes you who you are? Will you share what makes you happy, what makes you sad, what brings you joy, what brings you anger? Will you tell him your opinion? Will you tell him what color the walls and carpet are gonna be? And then will you then let him make a decision and be okay with what he decides? to the man, says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. Washed by the cleansing of God's worth, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, what? In the same way, husbands, you ought to love your wives as you love your own body. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but he feeds and he cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. And then it finishes with what I opened up with. And so, men, here's what I would submit to you. The example given to here in this scripture is the example of Jesus Christ dying for us, the church. And I have no doubt that you would physically die for your your wife. As a matter of fact, I think it probably would be easier for you to physically die for her than what I'm about to ask you to do. Because what I'm asking you to do is to go against your nature. Now, what is a man's nature? I believe, that inside of man, because he, the curse, remember the curse again, to the woman, to the man, he said this, curses the ground because of you, blood, sweat, and tears, you will work the soil. There is something wired into a man that is just out there to go conquer. I got to conquer. I got to get this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And uh, I, tell, I tell husbands this in the ceremony. I say, hey, listen, just because you put rings on one another's fingers doesn't mean you got her. It means it's just the start you got to find new ways today, new ways this week, new ways this month, this year to keep loving her. But a man's nature, because of that wiring, I believe is this. And tell me if this doesn't resonate. A man's nature is this. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And God is saying this. Will you die to that nature in order to prefer your spouse? If she's going to open her heart and if she's going to tell you where she's at. She's going to do what the body of Christ does with God, which is just communicate and just share all these things. Will you die to that nature of yours to actually listen to what she's saying and go with her opinion instead of yours? To go her way home instead of your way home? To go to her restaurant instead of the one you want to go to? I know some of you guys are like, well, if she would just choose, we'll find a way to get her to that selection process and go. Man, understand the beautiful synergy that takes place if this happens. If a man will die to that nature to do what he wants when he wants and actually listen to his bride, first off, she feels loved, yes. And then actually goes, okay, I don't know if I necessarily agree, but I'm going to go ahead and and choose your way. That honors her. It makes her want to open her heart even more as he's dying to himself. And here's what I find. When that happens, all of a sudden, it's her greatest joy and desire to actually meet the need that he has. And all of a sudden, you find this reciprocal thing that just keeps going better and better and better and better and better. And as we were talking about this, DJ brought up... um, hang gliding, there's a hang gliding term that you find the thermal. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but when they jump off a mountain, they start to go because gravity pulls you down. But then when they find hot pockets of air that's shooting up into the sky, they find that and it sends them up. And that's my prayer for every marriage of Shine Church, is that we would find those thermals and it would just take us to greater levels and greater places. And the beauty of this is in in nature, a thermal goes away and all of a sudden you get caught in the gravity and you start going down. But in the word of God, and in uh, a marriage that is honoring God first, and then one another, submitting to one another, I believe that thermal can keep going, and keep going, keep going, as long as the husband is dying to himself, preferring his wife, and the wife is continuing to open her heart, and not protecting back been married for almost 27 years, guys. Some of the darkest days of my life has been when Kim has pulled her heart back, and I don't know where she's at. She's not telling me. I'm like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? She's like, shut up. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I'm not telling you. And it's just, all of a sudden, I feel that wedge across. But it's usually because I've been a jerk, and I've done something that I wanted to do, and I didn't consider her heart. There's a scripture that says, husbands, Be careful about saying harsh words to your wife. Why do you think that's in there? It's because it crushes a heart and it makes a woman go from this to this. Yes? Ah, man. As Paul was writing, you know, I find it very interesting that Paul wrote this and he never got married. Anybody ever think that was a little ironic on that? He writes this and he never got married. And yet there's so much richness and so much truth in this section of scripture because he was being led by the spirit of God. And so husband, wife, single person that's in here, I want you to know that God God knows what he's doing. And even in a fallen world where those curses to the serpent, to the woman, to the man, they, they set the course for how we are wired in a lot of ways. God laid this out to help us to realize, hey, I understand that's how you're wired, but if you put these two wirings together, you will find that thermal and it'll go incredibly well for you as a married couple. And if you find yourself falling out, man, catch this. And don't tell your spouse what they need to do. Just do your part. And I believe that if you'll do your part, you'll stop that little marble from falling down and it'll start to spin back up. And then maybe your spouse will reciprocate. And then again, you can catch that thermal and start taking off. Amen? So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the word of God. We thank you for marriage. We thank you for um, the miracle that you perform when you put two lives together as one. And so now, Lord, we just pray. We pray for the marriages of Shine Church. We pray for the marriages of Castle Rock. We pray for the marriages of Douglas County, Colorado. And God, I pray that this revelation would go and penetrate into the hearts and the minds of every husband, of every wife. And God, I I pray that you would help us to realize that we have to do our part. We can't look at the other person. We simply have to do our part. So God, convict us in the areas where we have gotten off, and God, bring us back to what your intention was for us. For husbands, help them to realize what it means to die daily, to serve, to submit themselves to their wife in that way. And God, give them fresh perspective and give them very practical ways to actually apply that into their marriage and into their life. And for wives, God, I pray that you would help them to see that their relationship with you and how they open themselves up to you is the example you gave them for them to open to their husbands. And God, I know that from time to time when they do that and they are vulnerable, that the imperfect man can hurt. But Lord, I pray that you would give them a courage and a boldness to push past that hurt and to still risk it and to still go against that nature to protect and to give themselves to their husband in that way. Lord, I just simply finished this prayer the way that Paul finished his letter, and that is this. God, help us husbands to love our wives better. And Lord, help the wives listening right now to respect their husbands better. And Lord, I pray that we would all find those thermal times in our marriage and that we would just be taken to higher levels, greater depths of understanding and just incredible wonderfulness of when a marriage is right. God, bring us to those places. May we find that thermal and ride it for as long as we can. Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen.